unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. Tonight, I didn't really have anything really planned, and I had mentioned it last night to Matt about being on, talking about the serving times and his latest article, and he took the bait, thank God, because I, I really feel like we need to um, allow him some self-promotion for this shit. He's a man of many talents. <laughs> you know, he's uh, a great satirical writer. Uh, he has excellent T-shirt designs. He's uh, a, an amazing lyricist. So writing is his thing. And I can't stress enough how the different things he's written are just great. I mean, just, just great. Like Hero said in the chat, that was a really great article in quotations. So having said that, ladies and gentlemen, our our good friend, original OG for the war zone, also banned by the National Retail Federation Twitter, mm-hmm. which is which is amazing in itself. It's a great uh, accomplishment. Yeah, Matt Starr, aka Blame Tag. So, tell us a little bit how you came up with the concept of the serving times. How long it took you to finally get off your ass to start doing it. And what was your motivation for doing so? Oh, first off, uh, thanks for having me on. Of course, I'm always going to take the bait to come and talk about myself because, you know, self-centered. Man, I don't remember how I came up with the idea specifically for the serving times. Like, I always... It's a weird thing. Like, I always wanted to write satire, and I don't know why it took me so long to get to it. Like, I used to write, like, fake movie reviews when I was younger of just, like, movies I had definitely not seen, like, kind of, like, in the same vein as the articles. Um, Yeah, and I just thought it would be cool for um, customer service industry to have our own. I follow a lot of accounts that write satire. Um, Reductress and The Hard Times are both really funny. You know, and obviously the onion is like the big the big guns out there. And yeah, I got the idea and then this one day um finally got off my ass and put up a WordPress and you know, slowly just started actually creating the content for it. So what what kind of numbers are you tracking right now? Because I know you've had some milestones recently. What what have you seen so far on the, the latest article? Uh, let me see. I have it up here. The new one, not a lot so far, but it hasn't gotten approved on like the Facebook groups where I get like a lot of the traffic. Right. Um, it was really stupid. I just, I thought it was funny cause it was such a stupid occurrence, but that Dr. Oz and the supermarket thing. Yeah. Like that got like over a hundred views over the last couple of days. Wow. Now, we 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 it, we'd be remiss in not mentioning the shitstorm that you caused talking about the Sunday church crowd. That one <laughs> did very very well number wise. Very- yeah. How much did you hit on that one? Uh, that was like four hundred, I think. Let me uh, let me get it up. 
Yeah, almost 400 views on that. So you folks in retail that work in customer service, if you're not familiar, you know, with his WordPress and whatnot, the video description, I've got the links, you know, to, to go to the serving times. If you have not taken the time to read it, please do so. I will tell you, he, what's the name of the one with the guy that got lost in the back room? Um, it's, it's actually the title of it. If you go on the site is Narnia business. Ah, that one. I sat here with hero with me and read that shit out loud and thought I was going to piss myself. I'm not going to lie. That was hilarious. So guys, if you haven't taken the time to read his content, please do. And please share, you know, it is a hundred percent applicable to all of us that work in this industry. It'll put a smile on your face. The last, you know, when he did the Sunday crowd and he did the customer is not always right. Basically he put a lot of work into them. They're a little bit, wouldn't you say they're different than from a lot of your other stuff? Yeah. So, um, I think I have them divided up. Like some of them are like, I have them labeled as feature and those are a little bit different. So like, um, the new one always right. And then holier than thou, which was the church one. Um, there's a couple other ones, the unskilled my ass, which was the resume tips on like the skills you don't know you have. Like those are kind of, um, a little less parody, I guess you'd say like, still I try to be funny, but more informative as well. Ooh, hero just dropped a a banger comment. The customer's always spite. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So before we get into, to the, the latest with the customer, tell us a little bit about the feedback you received from the one about why the church crowd are, you know, so rough on retail employees, because I think that was fascinating. You know, the stuff that you were getting on Facebook. Oh yeah. I mean, we kind of had it divided into different kind of groups of reactors. So I'm trying to see if I can get it up here, but I think the biggest one was other than, Yes, we agree was, oh, no, that's not us. That's that's the other religions. Oh, yeah. You know, it's always someone else. Oh, and I forgot about this one, and, and I, I'm ashamed. Hero brought it up. The Monopoly one. Oh, yeah. That's um, almost a 1,000 views on that. Like, that one, somebody, like, shared that, and it just it blew up, like, for a couple of days. Yeah, that one did really well. Yeah, that that's a must-read as well, because... Thought of that one. <laughs> well, you you did great because you know you you put the capitalist spin on it. You put yeah. you you were able to you know attach real world topics and real world things that people are going through to that to the point that I read it. I'm like, I'd play that game. I mean, hell, I'm already doing it now as it is. I mean, we all are, you know, as far as real life goes. But damn, uh, I was like, this is great. <laughs> I mean, and you know, it's a shame. I mean, isn't, isn't there like a website you can go to and you may not know this, but you may, where you can kind of create your own monopoly. I haven't heard of it, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. That would be cool for you to, to, you know, get a custom one done and like sell them. 
when you're talking about monetizing stuff. I mean, I don't know how, I know there's a licensing thing, but I think there's a way you can skirt around the Milton Bradley stuff because there's so many, like what you would call bootleg versions of Monopoly. I mean, we, we, we could have a retail wars on black market of like offshoot board games and shit. That would, that'd be fine. That'd work. I'd support that. Nobody wants to work Opoly, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I do know, I did look up one time making one, like, custom. And you can go through the game manufacturer and do it, but it is expensive as hell. And, you know, you see it for, like, football teams. You see it for, like, cities. And you see it for, like, states and, and, and different, like, things. Um, there's got to be some way to have like a bootleg one or whatnot. And I think that would be great. And, you know, it, it kind of sucks in a way because uh, when I was developing the idea to do the retail war zone RPG thing, I mean, you're going to be one of the, you know, the four characters that you can choose from, but we're going to have to uh, find some way to have like a print shop somewhere in the world that is like the serving times print shop and have like, you know, blame tag will be like one of the party members, but Matt star will be like the print shop guy running the printing press. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, hero says you can, but it's whatever. Oh, poly, not monopoly. Okay. Um, I'll look that up. I'll check my messenger after the thingy, mad dog. But Joey says the after church crowd are often of the age where they sense their relevance in the world is decreasing. Pair that with a built-in club that in their eyes makes them superior. Damn. (laughs) Sounds about right. It it does sound about right. So let's get into the crux of this. Let's talk about the customer one. Uh, tell us about the boring research that you did because it was a lot because I know you sent me the word doc, you know, before you published it. And I was like, I immediately sent it to hero. I'm like, you need to read this like right now, but there was a lot of work put into that. So kind of tell us where you found all the shit, what you found to be contradictory to what we've heard all through, you know, our careers or who it was attributed to kind of, kind of paint the picture for us, sir. All right. Well, I think I, if anyone's following my Twitter today, I think I went on a little rant about it. It's that that quote that circulates every now and then that's the customer is always right in matters of taste. Like they'll start saying that's the full quote from uh, they'll attribute it to Harry Selfridge. So that's kind of what started it because I wanted to see if that was true. And you know, I think I said it in the article Two apologies to the memers out there, but I could not find any evidence that he'd ever said that or that he'd even ever said the customer is always right. So that's kind of where I started off. Um, so I started on the Wikipedia page and then I kind of clicked on their sources as well. And there's a few articles like two or three articles that were actually I quoted one of them. Uh, critical. Like, hey, this, you know, this isn't going to work, but obviously it's a big change. People are going to be resistant to it. And yeah, I kind of just went from there. Um, A lot of this stuff about, you know, when Amazon took over and how that kind of the customer started being catered to. um, 
the current origin story. A lot of that's really anecdotal. Um, I was going through a lot of management training. I was actually going to school for business management at the time. And that's what they were all talking about when Amazon was starting to get really big. Um, I saw what you posted about the movie falling down. I've, I've never watched that movie. So, so let me just go ahead and say that, but did, was that phrase in there? Oh, that was for the, the guy who wrote the article. Um, Mickey, Mickey Mellon, I think the guy's name was, Uh and that he had said, Hey, the customer is always right. Isn't good enough. We should amend it to the customer is always right in matters of taste. And I looked at when, when that was published and it was like a year before people started saying that, like before that meme dropped. And I was like, and I was trying to ask him like, Hey, was this you? Are you the one who started this? So, you know, just you can confirm that you are not Harry Selfridge. And, um, yeah, so that was just a screenshot from his article where he Ah. referenced the movie and then he, he liked the tweet and didn't respond, which is infuriating. Oh, well, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're just a peon. (laughs) We all are. I mean, it's funny because, you know, we have our, 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 you know, community on Twitter and we can like respond to certain things and well, I take that back. I mean, you did get asshole to respond. What was his name again? The guy that was going to be the labor secretary putzer. Oh, putzer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a big deal. So, um, there was this guy who he, he went on, because it originally started, didn't I like find like some video clip of him talking about like people not wanting to work? Was that what kind of started all this? I, I don't remember. Yeah, you, some, sent a, you sent me the link. Yeah. And and so this guy was going to be, you know, the labor secretary under 45 and got shot down. And this guy, oh, my God, so lost. I mean, talking about how nobody wants to work or whatnot. So Matt went after him. And got him to fucking, he tagged him in one of his serving times, uh, articles under the guise that it was, who did you, was it CNN that you tagged in that? No, it was, um, the Federalist. Oh yeah. The Federalist, the Federalist. That's right. So CNN CNN too actually might've, um, might've also posted it, but it was originally an article in the Federalist. But but what was hilarious was it was one of those deals where this guy was just scrolling and just <laughs> saw himself like tagged and he originally liked the post, which was fucking roasting his ass. Then he took away the like and then for, what did he call you? Let me see if I could find it. Like yeah. I think a leftist, like these yeah. leftists have nothing but hate. So so fucking blame tag gets put on blast by the guy who was going to be number 45's labor secretary. It was fucking hilarious. And, and I got it. I got it here. So the article I wrote was called Andy Putster has a hissy and it's about him in the store throwing a, the shit fit. And all of his quotes in my article of him just yelling are stuff from the article that he wrote, which is why I think he was pissed. Oh yeah, because it wasn't an old. It was the old man yells at the sky meme thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was love it when these left lefties have nothing but personal attack shows beyond anything I can do. 
that they've got. I can do that. They've got nothing when it comes to policy. I don't know what that means. No. So, so I mean, that's, that's a pretty big fish that he pissed <laughs> off. Haters, yeah. I mean, it was just like, wow. And, you know, that's to me, that ranks higher than um, <laughs> than than your senator down there. You know. Oh yeah. But but yeah, I, I have to. Yeah. I have yeah. I have to give Brandis credit though. I think we all discovered that you know when he was on the show, he was sincere about what he wanted to do. He was just going about it the wrong way. But yeah. that guy, boy, <laughs> blame tag rattled his fucking cage quick. That he doesn't evidently have a lot of followers because nobody really kind of parroted or. <laughs> you know, yeah. back them up or whatnot. But it was it was amusing there for a couple of days because like I said, this guy was up to run for the labor secretary. And then we dug up all this stuff online about like all oh he was it was Hardy's and Carl's Jr., wasn't it? That he was CEO yeah. over. Yeah. So there was this article hit under his tenureship at, at Hardy's Carl's Jr. He acquired more sexual harassment complaints than any other company in America. <laughs> and he trying to, he trying to holler at blame tag. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, Iris says you should do a satirical theory of evolution, but for customers or retail management, but it goes backwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was actually going to, put it out to the community because this was my last big idea for like a big feature article. And I got like, I got nothing for like the next couple months. Well, I mean, some of us come up with some random shit late at night. So just, just keep, just keep fishing. Cause ain't none of us gonna be mad if you use it. So just keep fishing. You'll find something good enough, but that's a good one. I mean, think about it. You know, I think customers as far as evolution would be good. I don't know about retail management, because some of us get stuck in that and, you know, boom. But uh, I think you could have a good time, Matt, talking about how they've devolved instead of evolved. Uh, Hero raised her hand. What do you got, Hero? Um, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the, the Selfridge guy, you know, the concept of the customer's always right. We've kind of touched on it a little bit on past episodes as we just kind of fling shit around. But it, it's, I, I think the way you framed it was great. And I think you did a really good job. And now that's the only thing that if people look at like your work and your satire, um, do you try to break it up on the WordPress to let readers know that you might have one that's more of a, like a serious thing rather than satire? Because, I can see where somebody would read all your other articles and be like, these are great. And they would read that and it would be a bunch of word salad to them. And they're like, Oh shit, what's this? Um, I don't have it like broken up really. Cause it's just like one, one scroll the way I have it set up now, but I do have, you know, everything's categorized. And like I said, the stuff like that, um, would just have, it'll say like category feature. And the other ones would just be category article or category headline. Cause you know, some of them are just headlines. If I don't think it needs the full story. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think the Sunday crowd one and the customer always right should be like mandatory reading for retail employees. I think that that goes on. They, they should have to read both of those and they should have to play Tetris and Legos. 
I think those four <laughs> things, if we put them together, we have a really good fighting chance of things turning around. But they don't pay me to make the training manuals, and it's probably a good thing. But <laughs> that's what needs to happen. That one is still on my list about... um you know, they need to make these guys learn Tetris and Legos and I think building blocks. And, oh, the, it was Lincoln Logs. Yeah. Lincoln Logs and Tetris. Yeah. I, I just, well, you know, we had the episode with Cranky talking about trucks and lo and behold, like the next fucking day at work, <laughs> we've got pallets falling <laughs> over. We had one that was, I think I sent you guys a picture. It was shaped like yeah. an L. <laughs> and it's like, I know that looks like a Tetris piece, but that's not what I mean. I mean, it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, Hero asks, what category do five-year-old managers fall under? <laughs> be careful, because uh, that could labor, be real. Labor violations. Uh, true that, true that. Um, no, that was just a regular article. But that was great. That was where the shark came from. Right? Yeah. This yeah. Uh, uh, that, that was, that was, but, but you know. That, that image, but. Yeah, you know, it's it's satire, but when you read it, it's not too far-fetched, especially if you're thinking about, like, Dollar Trees, Dollar Generals, Family Dollars. I mean, it's like, no. Um, Joey says, customers at my store evolve in a bell curve. The lowliest vermin are those who wait outside for the store to open. The curve peaks in the afternoon, then devolves again after 4 p.m., <laughs> Good job, Joey. That, that, that's about right. Um, Iris asked, what was your worst job or best story from retail, and have you written about it yet? Um, well, my worst job was definitely, I worked a lot of positions, so I don't know, probably manager at the movie theater. I know I talk about that a lot, but definitely the worst job I've ever had, like the most miserable I've ever been in my life. Um. So there's one story on there that's a short one that it's I think it's titled something like home office still says smoking popcorn machine not broken. <laughs> so that one was like based on a lot of true stuff where, you know, they would just drag their feet until basically the thing was on fire to repair it. Right. Um, this one's going back a couple months, but you remember the one I did um, about the pickle to give them the pickle guy? Yes. I apologize. Uh, for, evidently, that when I brought that up, that caused all sorts of turmoil with you. <laughs> well, clearly, it was a huge spark of um, inspiration. So, thank you because I would have never seen it. That thing. Um, so when, <laughs> Continue. In that one, I tell the story of the managers at the theater who um, the customer yells out, the projector goes down and one of the customer yells out, you should give us all popcorn for this. There's like a 15 minute wait for the movie to come on. And the manager didn't do it. And then the home office responded to their complaint like, hey, if the customers are asking for free popcorn, you should give it to them. Because we need to do everything to keep the customers happy. And if that's what they want, it's, you know, it's not that big a deal to give them all popcorn. It's not that big of a cost. Yeah. So then like a month later, the same thing happens again. The projector goes on 15 minute wait and some asshole yells out because this is just the shit people yell out like, hey, you should give us all free popcorn. So the manager does it. And then, um, yeah, he got in trouble for that, for giving out like hundreds of bags of popcorn. You know, I just had a thought 
and pro the answer is probably no, but having worked in the movie theater, did you, the theater you were ever in, did they ever do Rocky Horror? No. Because I imagine that is a nightmare for theater workers. <laughs> I mean, I attended once when I graduated high school. It was the first time I ever went. It was like a midnight showing. And in yeah. hindsight, thinking about it, you know, God almighty, the mess that has to leave. Because I don't know if you've researched the culture behind what goes on in that thing. Bro. Yeah. I mean, throwing toast at screens. They had guns in there with like baby oil and they were shooting shit. It, 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 I, man, you couldn't pay somebody enough to clean that mess up, I don't think. Um, Hero had a really good one. And this, I see an article in this one. Um, have you ever experienced working near a gym, yoga, or Pilates place and having that group come in? No, not that I can think of. Well, we do. And and let me tell you something. There's something to be said about the attitudes of the people wearing yoga pants. Let's just leave it at that. A, they, you can look at them and know that they don't watch TV. The only thing they're interested in is Instagram. Okay. And they walk around like, they own the fucking joint and, you know, let, let's go do our yoga and come in and go to the Starbucks. It, it's, it's, it's the whole basic bitch thing <laughs> per, personified and then amplified because it's like, you know, a lot of these gals might be 20 to 30 and, you know, their metabolisms are still going, you know, come see us in those yoga pants when you're like 40 and 50, you know? You're not going to be walking around like you own the place. Uh, Hybrid Hooligan says an article on companies violating labor rights and doing it because they have the money for the fines. We'll that put that on. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there's Amazon. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Walmart. Yes. Um, those would be the ones that have the money for the fines. Um, that's a big thing with um, it's a company called Coke Industries, K O C H, and that's what they do is um, they're the ones who they have all these like environmental disasters and like um, employee inju injuries and death, and they're the ones who discovered that paying off those lawsuits is cheaper than fixing the problem, so they just don't fix the problem. Oh wow! Yeah, you're ahead of the curve there because I was unaware of that. I, I know that there's a lot of fines and shit going around right now, uh, especially especially with like the dollar stores family dollar and dollar tree and dollar general just getting railed right now i mean it's like osha violation after osha violation fine after fine i don't know how the fuck they're gonna survive that shit they can't fix that with that extra 25 cents no no <laughs> the only thing they were fix and they didn't even fix anything they were just band-aiding at that shit with 25 cents they're just hoping to to float you know above above drowning at that point did you see did you see what i posted about target today i didn't read the article but i saw the post yeah. holy shit so ladies and gentlemen <laughs> target posted financials today and and i'm paraphrasing here because i don't remember the exact numbers but they're pretty drastic so this quarter last year 
They did like $1.8 billion in sales. That same quarter this year, they only did $183 million. It was like a... I have never seen a financial report for any retailer ever in my entire life where they dropped 90% year over year. People going to go that that's not good man that that's bad <laughs> I don't remember what story it was I think it might have been in England but they were it was like kind of like I guess a target ish store where they have like food and then everything else and then they were saying that the only items they were selling that were making profit was food yeah and like someone had commented Yes, it happens when the food is so expensive they can't afford anything else. Have you have you had any thoughts about doing an article on inflation and prices? No, I hadn't really given it a lot of thought. Because I do, look, I do believe that you know you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And somebody, I don't know who did it, who started, okay? But I do believe that when the inflation went up and the gas prices went up, there's some major retailer out there who said, all right, let's fucking go. And they started jacking shit up. And even though their their cost hadn't really elevated that high, I think it's been like a runaway train, uh, you know, the past probably three to six months where everybody took their turn let's jack up the prices as much as we think we can get away with with no substantial reason why to do so and we're going to hear very shortly that that has backfired tremendously and i will i will sit back and laugh because i I really do i mean i'm not going to get into details but you know i've seen it Right, there, there, their businesses out there, their prices have went up a whole lot, but their cost has not. And I think it, it's kind of like that whole. Well, everybody else is doing it; we're going to do it too, just to see. Yeah. But like in Target's case, man, I mean, losing that much money to kind of play that game, boy, I, I, I've never seen a company lose that much. I mean, a major company, mind you that lost that much money year over year. I mean, that is, that's, that should be people getting fired. I mean, that should be like corporate executives being told, Hey, this, this isn't good. You got to go. We got to figure something out because, you know, when you go from like, you know, a billion to 183 million son and an Irish put in the comment, I guess you could say they missed their targets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, their their estimated uh, price per share that they were kind of like telling the investors they were shooting for was like seventy something cents or whatnot, and it w- it wound up being like thirty something cents. I, I have that's amazing to me. I've never seen anything like that, and I think we're about to see a bloodbath. <laughs> and when that bloodbath happens, I think you're going to have a lot of ammunition and a lot of stuff to dig into to yeah. give us some great great satire. You know, one thing, the, the thing that strikes me with that is, I, you know, the jugular I would go for is that I feel like this kind of thing happens over and over again with retailers. And it's just the 
planning for today and not thinking about tomorrow, you know, just, oh, we're going to jack up our prices because everyone else is. But then now that everything is expensive, nobody is spending money. Oops. Oh, we didn't think of that. We didn't think of, you know, we thought of what was going to make money today and not thinking about the long term effects. And we kind of really saw it with, um, you know, stuff we needed during the pandemic. But because people were doing um, what is it called? The just in time. Yeah kind of production method. So we didn't have a lot of that stuff we needed and the, you know, it fucked up demand, um, supply and demand. So it's, it's just the same stuff. It's, you know, I, I will, more week ahead. I'm going to share some inside information. I'm not going to say who the company is, but I will tell you there's a company out there who in the press, um, has been told, you know, the, the general public, is reading that they're packed full of inventory. Well, that company employs people to do financial forecasts and whatnot. And although the media is spinning it one way, um, what I have been told and what I have discovered is very, very impressive because this company, their bean counters predicted the inflation and what they did is they bought a year's worth of merchandise at pre-inflation cost. Who can in, I guess the end? No, you cannot guess. Okay. But they they brought bought a year's what you you send me a message on on Twitter because I promised I wouldn't say who it was. But um, send me a DM. But anyway, they brought they bought a year's worth of merchandise for their entire chain at pre-inflation prices to ensure as inflation surged, they would not have to raise prices on their merchandise. And guess what? You got a lot of back rooms and off-site warehouses full, but it's genius. And I was shocked to know that they have a group of people that smart planning for this. So there's a company out there. You're not going to see a lot of price increases on basics, whereas everybody else is increasing their prices, and it's just going to increase their market share. It's not like they ain't got enough market share as it is, but that's genius. Absolute genius. I so, thought you were going to say that they were, uh, they were selling it at inflation rates anyway. No. They were not. The whole point the the whole point was to get it at at a locked in cost that they're norm that's normalized for them to make sure they they are always, always the low price leader. And when when this information was given to me, I'm like, Well, holy shit, that's smart. Nobody yeah. else did that really. And what a bunch of businesses are doing right now is yeah, some some industries the costs went up a little bit. I mean, that does happen, all right. But like I'd said on a previous episode, so let's say you got something that you know you sold for a dollar and cost on it was fifty cents. Okay, well the cost went up to seventy five cents, so you raised your selling price to two dollars. Well, the math doesn't they 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 eked out a little bit more profit on that than what they would have done with their normal business practice. Um, 
and I think that's what's going on uh, on a lot of things right now. I think a lot of people, you know, if you shop, I mean, look, I, I hate how Amazon treats their employees. Um, it, it's awful. Um, you know, it, it, but there again, they're kind of the same way, you know, in a time where the economy is kind of trash, if you've got money to spend, you're going to go to the cheapest place. Well, guess what? There's only a few stores and online places that are cheaper. And Amazon, unfortunately, is one of them. But they did the same thing. You know, they, they did not gouge your prices. Uh, I think there's going to be a lesson to be learned from Target. Um, there's going to be a lesson to be learned from a lot of grocery stores because I do believe there's a lot of grocery store chains out there in the United States that have practiced this because grocery stores are one of the few businesses out there that just print money, all right? You know, unless the bottom just drops out in the area they're in, they're always going to get sales, always. I mean, those are technically essential things. You have to have the things that are in a grocery store. Those are the ones that are getting away with this shit, like, with no oversight. And I foresee in the next 6 to 12 months, there's going to be some kind of headline on, like, CNN or some shit. Somebody's going to get busted for it, and it's going to be bad. Now, there's something I wanted to ask you about your place of employment. Real quick, do you have air condition? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes, sometimes in my area of the store, I, I say sometimes it doesn't feel like it's on in my area of the store. Um, other areas, it's very cool. You, you're aware of what I'm referencing, right? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that location evidently doesn't at all. Is is that what I'm to understand from what we've been seeing? Um, I don't know. I'd have to ask the particulars. Right. It's it's hard to say without revealing too much, but like, right. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised if it was the same case where people working in certain areas of the store don't have AC and people in other areas do. Right. Um. Let's see what we got here. Uh, hybrid hooligan said retailers realize the stock market is not the economy. Well, that's true. They're about to find that out real in a, in a really big way. Irish connection says a lot of retail relies on disposable income. A lot of my customers just don't have as much spent of gas, electric, and so on. Some of our departments are down 70%. Oh, really and truly, uh, Matt, you'll enjoy this. All right. So, you know, here in the United States, all we've heard is 46 has done all these terrible things and the gas prices are terrible, right? You know, yeah. inflation. Irish, um, what is the price in Ireland right now per gallon of gas? When you guys see this, you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so if you could kind of give me that, I'd appreciate it just to kind of have this is, you know, documented as to what you guys are dealing with. And the fact that our president has nothing to do with Europe in the UK. So 
when we see this, it's going to be crazy. And Hero says, like how Jesus' craft store has their regular prices 60% higher so you can use your 40% off coupon. Okay, so Iris just replied, Matt, in U.S. dollars, petrol is $9 a gallon. Jeez. Think about that. We over here acting like we, we died. Okay, everybody's raising nine kinds of hell about the U.S. economy and how much gas prices are. Iris is paying nine dollars a gallon. <laughs> That's insanity. And uh, I know you're in the Sunshine State. What what kind of gas prices are you looking at there? Um, I think I just filled up at something like three twenty. Yeah. So see, like a lot of places now we're under, you know, four dollars. They gotta um, start peeling those stickers off, yeah. Yeah. So um have you ever had to deal with a Disney crowd? No, I'm kinda of, I'm pretty far from there. You're pretty far from there. Um, like nine minutes, yeah. Uh you know, and see where you live, I mean, you know, to face it, Florida and Georgia because of Atlanta. And obviously California and like New York, those places are going to be more expensive. You know, I mean, unfortunately you're in a state where evidently it's like the retirement bullseye (laughs) where everybody comes and, you know, God, I haven't been to Florida since I was a kid. Well, no, I'll take it back. I was in Destin, Fort Walton around 19... 93 maybe that's the last time i was in florida um and it's those places i mean you just expect for the prices to be higher because of tourism especially like in in your case um gas prices where you're at have you seen how, how long have you lived there for one thing um almost eight years okay eight years you've got a lot of experience so is there like a certain window where you know the gas is going to go way up and like what what does it kind of run um i haven't really noticed if it's gone way up like it'll go up at like the beginning of summer i think but i haven't noticed when it's gone like way up and you know what and that's the thing i think that's everywhere you know, I think when you start looking at kids getting out of school, you know, they'll jack the prices up on gas, you know, because they're going to take it. And, and and look, I mean, I'm sorry, that's price gouging, too. They're taking advantage of the fact that people are on vacation, people are going on holiday and all those other things. But even then, even during peak holiday time and you're going to beach areas and whatnot, it's still cheaper than what Irish has to pay just to get back and forth to work. Think about that for a minute. So, I mean, that's rather depressing. Um, But your area, you're on the Gulf side. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in Tampa Bay, yeah. All right, yeah, Tampa Bay. So, um, it's... I wouldn't imagine yours doesn't get as high as, like, say, like, Orlando and shit like that. Um, Probably yeah. Hey, well, here's the thing. I just I just want to say this. I don't know when it's 
supposed to open, but we need to go ahead and plan a shindig for when the Super Nintendo World opens at Universal. Oh, yeah. We're going. <laughs> it's going to happen. Videos of the of the one in Japan. Oh, man. Yes. All my so, childhood dreams, yeah. Yeah, so, um, it, you know, I've been watching it like a hawk, so when that shit opens, we're going. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I'll be like, hey, Matt, meet us there. We got to go. It, it, it's it's time. But, you know, it sucks because California gets there first. That does we, suck. We, yeah, it does suck because they're going to open the one in California before ours down here in Florida. And then uh, the one in Japan is getting ready to get like an addition, which is Donkey Kong. So, you know, that's a great idea. You know, we, we've talked about like a war zone conference. Fuck yeah. a war zone conference. How about we all just go to Super Nintendo World in Florida? That would be just as good. So I always told my friend if I was ever if I was ever rich that I would pay for us to have um, each like a all inclusive stay at their resort for the week. Yeah, yeah. Irish start saving up. <laughs> That's gonna be it. We're all going to Super Nintendo World. <laughs> you know, it, it, that would be a blast. Um, Hybrid says it was scheduled for 2025 before COVID hit. So yeah, probably 2026. So we got a few. God, I'm yeah, gonna be, it, I'm gonna be know, old. Damn. You know, who doesn't chase all the theme parks out of the state by then. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you have in like the Tampa area? Do you have anything that's like really, or is it just Disney, Disney's Disney down there? Um, we've got we've got Bush Gardens. I mean, I don't know that if you like animals. I mean, I don't know that it's worth a trip to Tampa to see it. Oh, I went there when I was a kid with my parents, and I hated Bush Gardens. <laughs> It was terrible. It was so hot, you know. I didn't give a damn about the animals, but they just decided we were going to Bush Gardens. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, is, I mean, theme parks. Yeah, you'd have to go to Orlando. You know, that'd be a great one too. I don't know if you could get like anybody that worked for Disney or anything like that, but I I can see a great Serving Times article based around working at the Mouse House. Oh man, I had a <clears throat> when I was a manager, one of um, one of my workers would leave for the summer, and that's what he would do. He was one of the perf- uh, performers. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I could contact him. I don't know. I don't remember if he liked me or not. Oh well, when I had uh, Stephen Petrovilli on the show talking about his retail comic, he messaged me. I need to get back and his wife worked for Disney. I need. I need to get back with him. Um, Nightmares in the Store says Disney employees have some of the craziest stories. Yes, I have read a ton. I imagine I would love to do like an entire episode about all the secret shit that goes on at Disney. That would be great. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So, one question I wanted to ask you, Matt, is how involved is Mrs. Blame Tag in your editing? and making sure that your shit comes across right. <clears throat> um, I would say very involved, like nothing really goes on without her going through it. So like with this one, there was a lot that she had to talk to me, talk to me about like this, you know, this paragraph doesn't make sense. This, you have this worded really confusingly, like stuff like that. 
Well, and you know, you know, I think all of us that do something kind of decent, we have a wonderful woman behind us. And, you know, I, I will say the same thing for Hero because Hero will call me out on shit all the time. But uh, Mrs. Blame Tyke's part of a book club. So obviously she reads a lot and she's probably very well versed in the Queen's English, correct? It's actually part of several book clubs. Oh. And um, she actually majored in like, literature in college. We uh we have a running joke here in the house talking about libraries and like Beauty and the Beast and uh, bitches love libraries. <laughs> it's kind of like the the running joke here, but yeah, I mean, and that's good though that you have that and a partner that can help you with that shit. Yeah, and so props to Mrs. Blank Tank because didn't didn't she help with um the lyrics for Please Don't Be a Karen. Oh, anything I've written, she has a hand in. Oh, so you have your own personal editor. That's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you know, I refer to myself as the editor-in-chief of Serving Times. But, yeah, like I said, nothing goes on without going past her first. <laughs> well, hey, but that's great because she does a great job, obviously, for you. I mean, yeah. you know, which is cool. I mean, that that's pretty awesome to be honest with you and it's like i remember when i did the lyric video or whatnot for the song last year that you know you you were pretty adamant made sure you make sure you put mrs blame tag in there <laughs> yeah a couple of those lines were like straight up hers like yeah um so did have you heard from um our individual that's going to pull off the elton john thing yet i know i know i saw he got a microphone but have you heard anything else no, I was going to message her and ask. No. Oh, is it a her? I thought so. I'm not sure. No, no, no. The, the okay. industry. No, that that's a, that's a he. Observing retail. Yes. He, he was on, um, one of the, uh, retail therapy sessions. Oh, well, so, I apologize if I had misgendered him. Oh, well, that's that's quite okay. But uh, if you hear something, let me know. I got to get a hold of the backing track on that. So, you know, it, it, I saw that he got a microphone and whatnot. So that'll be cool uh, to have that. Also, too, I mean, Matt, we're coming up on spooky season. And you know what happens after spooky season? I know they put the Becky's put on their Uggs. Uh, right, and 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 she comes out of hibernation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, last year we had a good run with that. I mean, we we've we, yeah. we've topped like eight thousand views on that. So, we got to figure out what we're going to do this year to get. Please don't be a Karen this year to pop even more. Um, yeah. we're open to suggestions, guys. You know, if you've got a suggestion, one thing I would love to see is I'd love to find out, find some way to recreate the video that Mimi did uh, coming out of the door, smashing pumpkins and declaring it Mariah season. Um, so we, we got to come up with something. <clears throat> And you know, Matt, I, you know, I'd talk to you about filming that, but you, you'd have to wear that Viking helmet thing. <laughs> I still have it. Yeah. Um, but we, we need to, we need to do the same thing this year. 
we, we've got to, like at the stroke of midnight, have something ready to go that we can release saying, nope, it's not pariah season. It's it, We own that shit. Irish says could do a music video parody. Yeah, but the, I mean, we're all strung out all over wherever in the world. So it's kind of hard to do a video. I would love to do a music video parody, but kind of kind of difficult to do i thought about something animated and you know see if i could find somebody that would animate that uh mariah carey thing where she came out and started smashing the pumpkins that would be cool yeah um but but this year i mean last year no one knew who the fuck we are and this year there's still a lot of people who don't know the fuck we are but we got a little bit more push and i think it'd be great to be able to get that heavy and that's the thing if we can get that going pretty hard and are able to pull off the elton john track and pull off the queen track sometime that we could release it behind that oh yeah that'd be like a one two three punch yeah so See, i have you- one um because I have my list of um, articles here. So I have one slated for October 1st, and the headline is just Columbia Record Scientist Announced the Annual Thawing Process of Mariah Carey Has Begun. Oh, Columbia Artist. Nice. <laughs> well, here, here's the interesting thing about that is there's underhanded ways we could monetize that song, but being a musician and, and knowing how the business works, I'll kind of yeah. turn away from that. However... The funny thing was, when I released the video, Matt, I got a copyright notification, okay? They were okay with us having the song. The only agreement was we couldn't monetize it. So, so they... Yeah, so they didn't strike it. They didn't say, hey, you can't use this. I got the fucking notification saying, hey... We're okay with this, but you ain't making no money off of it. But, and and that's cool. And I guarantee you she's heard it. <laughs> we'll, we'll never get any acknowledgement of that, but I yeah. guarantee Mariah Carey has heard that fucking song. Somebody, if, if Columbia didn't send it to her, some friend or what I said, you need to listen to this shit. And she should be, she should be scared because. Tracy still got her pops. Mariah don't. Nightmares in store says it's rude of her not to say how much she loved it. Yeah, of course. Is, yeah. But but see, that's the great thing about Matt and his writing is he, you know, when this thing was hatched, it, this all ties in still with like the serving times and how he writes. There was a conversation late night on Twitter, and he's like, "I can do this," and I was like, "Go ahead," and and boom, he 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 knocked it out of the park, and it's beautiful. And then you know, I happened to know the singer, and you know, there was some kind of sketchiness. We didn't know if it was going to get done in time or or whatnot. But finally, at like zero hour, here it is, and it was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, Matt, when you first heard the finished version what did you think oh man um 
I don't remember if I like <laughs> definitely tears in my eyes. I don't know if I like fully cried. Oh, it was so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, it, exactly how I heard it in my head. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. And, and, you know, she had a little bit that, uh, give us a fucking break part. I thought was fantastic yeah. because, you know, it's, doing this kind of stuff when you have people that can do it you know people shift around and you got to find the right place to do it and and there's not a lot of people out there that understand that you can record stuff in like really obscure locations with very minimal money involved and and whatnot and gear that you can get a professional result and that's the thing she sent me a picture well you saw the picture on uh instagram where she was yeah. holding the microphone. Look, that is not like some pro level gear stuff. It's 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 all about levels and and all this other magic that goes on. But she sent the lyrics to me, the vocals and I was like, "Oh my god. <laughs> this is this yeah. is better than I even expected. This is awesome." And she was she did it on like gear that that wasn't really it's not like professional high grade stuff you don't need it and it worked out great so i'm hopeful for observing retail doing the uh elton john track so have you decided on the title for that yet um i think the title is just fuck off you pencil dick chode yeah and just yeah. to let everybody know it's about desantis um <laughs> it started with me one night being bored sending him something and i'm like just roll with it and he did. Now, there is another one that I want to get done that I sent to him that I wrote in full, which is a Queen song, which is uh, instead of We Are the Champions, it's We Are Essential. So I would like to see that happen, too, because I think that would be good. Um, I would like in the future to have maybe five to ten parodies of retail songs um to sell as a package it would be something we could only sell physically uh in very sketchy ways but there's enough music out there we could find something if we're at all can do it we can figure it out so yeah. i kind of wanted to do i haven't thought of any great ideas for it but i kind of wanted to do a, a wham a wham parody this year of of which song uh, I mean, there, there's oh you oh you want to do last Christmas? Well, that's like the other like you know the two the two songs you get hit with all year long and or all season long in retail is Mariah and then Last Christmas. One I would like to tackle is if you're not familiar with it, there's a Billy Squire Christmas song. It's called "Christmas Is a Time to Say I Love You." I would love to figure out a way to do that one because it's more of a rock Christmas song that has some balls to it that with the right lyrics, I mean, I mean Christmas is a time to say, I fuck you, you know, or, or some shit like that. Right. Um, I have to look it up. I don't know if I know look, the, the uh, if you, Oh my God. If you've never heard song, please look it up. That is my favorite, like Christmas song. That's not like traditional Christmas. It's yeah. uh, it's a fantastic, yeah. Look it up. I, I want to know what you can do with those lyrics. Look that up. If you've never heard that and are unaware, you've probably heard it. To be honest, probably with you. Have, yeah. But listen to it because that's something that I wouldn't really need backing tracks for. 
I could program drums and play all the guitars and stuff for it without having to mess with anything. And, uh, that would be good because, you know, it's, it flows easily and lyrically speaking, we could put a lot of punch in there, but last Christmas, you're correct. I mean, when, when you work in retail, obviously there's the Mariah Carey song last Christmas is another one. Uh, what else? There's more. What else is there? There's like, I, I think chipmunk song. Oh, the chipmunk song. Um, what the Christmas Christmas time is here song. Yeah. Um, I was working on something for that, and I kind of just lost the thread. And it was um, it was something something something. Eyes, we should vote to unionize. Was the we should vote to unionize? I don't remember. <laughs> I think that um, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Probably something could be done with that. I mean, would it be a more rap based? I believe that there's probably a cadence to that that we could get something good. I'm trying to think like other Christmas songs that we hear. I mean, the Billy Christmas Squire song's paint. a big one. Um, Is it the waitresses Christmas rapping? Oh yeah, the waitresses. Um, and but that's so deadpan. Yeah. When you listen to it, that'd be easy to rewrite. Because that's a very deadpan song when you think it's it's huge. All right. That that song is is massive. When but, I went to work today, these Karen's pushing down my door. Exactly. Yeah, you bitch, get away. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That because it, because it's so it's so dry it's it's not like the other over the top songs it's more like you're just talking through you know the entire song about whatever you know situation you're doing so there's that one you're right the waitresses that that's a huge one um and I and other than that I I can't think of any other guys in the chat is is oh hybrid cooligan hooligan what's this retail version. Oh, I What's forgot. Uh, Nightmare this? Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Hero said, do they know it's Christmas after all? <laughs> oh. Do they know it's clearance after all? That that <laughs> that could be good. Yes. That that could be good. Um, so yeah, everybody, if um Oh, and, and Hero says that song makes me feel insulted. <laughs> we can fix that. Which one? Uh, do they know it's Christmas after all? Oh, it is a very, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things where I can't believe we're still playing it. It's just such a, yeah. But yeah, I think, you get, I, I, think I, I tweet that every year. It's like they know, but they don't give a shit. Yeah, but it's like, do they know it's clearance after all? I can yeah. see it. I, I, I can see that being the thing. Yeah. So, because the cadence is right. So, be thinking about that. I mean, it's uh, August. We're coming up into September. So, we got plenty of time to uh, start developing Christmas songs. But, uh, you know, um, what's this retail version is actually pretty good. And I have to think there's some way to redo the Oogie Boogie song talking about like the oogie boogie is the ceo <laughs> you know what would be great is the what's this but it's about how the christmas shit is already up even though halloween just ended 
Oh, that's perfect. That's like the Hobby Lobby Target song. <laughs> oh my God, you were so right. What's this? What's this? I can't believe my eyes. What's this? What's this? Uh, yes, 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 yes. That, uh, what's this? What's this? The Christmas uh, Santa Claus displays, but what? Halloween was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, that is perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Hybrid. That's great because, you know, I had, I posted on Twitter. We went into Jesus's craft store on August 3rd of this year. So like just a couple of weeks ago, they had like an entire aisle of, you know, Christmas ornament. I, it, it was just insane. And the people I work with don't really understand what I did in my prior career. <laughs> and so I texted a buddy of mine saying, this is the bullshit I had to put up with. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's August 3rd. They already had their Christmas tree displays out, guys. It, it, that's obscene. Come on, man. It No. And we'll have ours up probably sometime. We'll probably start putting ours up after Labor Day. Well, here's the thing. You know, one of the guys I work for, one of my managers was asking me about it. I'm like, dude, that's why I hate Christmas. Jesus's craft store is the reason 100%. Even though I have kids that I could give a shit less, there's any Christmas in my home at the holidays because you only have three to four months out of a year that you don't have Christmas merchandise in your fucking store. Fuck that. I always say that about the theater, but for different reasons, the theater made me hate Christmas. Oh, here, uh, this should be an easy one for you, Matt. Um, Hero said 12 days of Christmas. You know, that, I think I did think of that one last year, and I don't remember what. Uh... But she also had another one. Grandma got run over on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's a good one. Grandma got run over on Black Friday. Oh, shit. That could you be know, great. My brother, he probably got in trouble for saying this, but he had a theory that that song was about domestic abuse and they're just, the family wasn't admitting that that's what really happened to grandma. Oh, wow. Well, th that's, that's like an <laughs> unsolved mystery episode yeah. in itself. You know, that dark, would be something, dark. that would be something cool to do too. It's, you know, we do the podcast and whatnot, but going into 2023, I want to find a way to do like different kind of content. And Irish has sent me a video. I haven't fooled with it yet. It, it's really, really great. Um, it, that might be something we see towards the end of the year, but like doing like an unsolved mysteries kind of show about retail. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to be on everything. I mean, you, you know, if I have like if Irish or you or somebody wants to play the part of Robert stack, that's great, you know, but I, I think there's so many things out there that we could do like unsolved mysteries. I mean, just think about it. What what unsolved mysteries? Why is it not in the back room? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it, you know those kind of things. I mean, there's so much we could actually do with the concepts that we use and the things we discuss. We just got to figure out a fucking way to do it because there's a lot of content that that circulates that we are unaware of between like Twitter interactions and videos and whatnot. We could turn the thing into a fucking conglomerate that you know produces great stuff 
in a humorous kind of way because, I mean, a lot of the stuff we talk about on the podcast, some of it gets pretty serious and some of it gets pretty dark, but there's nothing wrong with the comedic side of it. And, and unsolved mysteries based on retail, to me, sounds like a very appealing idea. Yeah, it does. I mean, can you imagine an unsolved mysteries completely on white? why customers aren't getting paid for ringing up their own merchandise at self-checkout. <laughs> I mean, that shit kind of writes itself. So, um, Nightmares in Store says, y'all need a friend who's really into true crime and unsolved mysteries. Uh-huh, yes. She's saying that because that she is. Oh, is she? He's that friend, yeah. I don't know if you know Nightmares in Store is that's my friend Mel. We go way back. Like I go way back with Mel. Ah. So you've known her for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many years? Oh, I don't I don't even know. Um was it before I moved here? Maybe like up to ten. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, if she's into that, I mean, like I said, she could play the part of Robert Stack. I don't care. I mean, I, I just, I, I think an unsolved mysteries, it kind of writes itself, you know, unsolved mysteries. Why did the customer leave this half eaten container of potato salad on, on the counter? You know, that, that kind of thing. And, uh, you Mystery know, can, and then cart is a cart full of merchandise, but why? Yeah, exactly. And it, and it could be funny because, and see, and that's the thing kind of like Irish when Irish found me doing the podcast was nobody else is doing this look i'm not trying to get rich off of it or anything like that but no there, there's nothing out there like what we all do here there there's nothing exactly it'd be the same thing for like um an unsolved mysteries and nobody's doing that you know and it's very niche and it's not intended to make money or anything like that but you know, there's so much with the group of people that we all communicate with, you know, like you and Irish and Cranky and Nightmares and Hybrid and all, and Hero. There's so much shit we can pull from the group that could come up with like some amazing ideas. Amazing. And yeah. uh, hey, definitely Jay, a lot of creative talent in this uh, community. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean, I it it's, and I think if we approach it, and that's something like I said, I want to do in in twenty twenty three. You know, I want to approach it. I want different things. Yeah, there'll be a once a week like podcast, but I'd like a group effort thing, project, whatever you want to call it, that showcases everybody's talent. And, you know, if, if it gets huge, that's great. And then, you know, it's, I, I come from like a music industry background. All right. So look, I want everybody to understand that if we ever do anything that gets extremely popular, Hey, look, whoever's involved is this two people, four people, six people, all the money gets split. It, it, nobody gets like a bigger percentage. It's just like, you know, okay, if there are six of us, you split money six ways. It's just what it is. So, but I, I think, you know, I was talking with Irish about 2023 being like a big jump off year because if you look at the historical um, time frame of like YouTubers and things like that, it takes about three years to really kind of 
set, I guess. And, um, I just, and I'm open to ideas from everybody. You know, it's, I want to do something different along with this, um, that kind of showcases everybody. I mean, you know, you don't have to be on screen to do it, you know, but we got a lot of talent. I mean, Matt, you know, this, the people we talk to and the, and the people we communicate with, there's a lot of talented people in this community. Like you said, there is, um, I do have some bad news though, is that my wife just sent my cat in here to let me know that I'm over my time. Um, she had given me a firm nine o'clock end time, <laughs> which, okay, that's fine she to make noise and which cat pps pps okay as long as you post a picture of pps on twitter i'm good with that so everybody have a wonderful evening and everybody please go check out the serving times i'm telling you if you have not read it yet and you stumble upon this episode however please the links in the description of the video please go read what matt has written it's the amazing of my dopamine to see those clicks. Yep. So Give me that serotonin. Exactly. And so now that Mr. PPs has come in and told Matt his time is over. Everybody have a PPs. Yeah. Everybody have a great evening. Tell Mrs. Blame Tyke we appreciate you allowing her allowing you to have this time. And Everyone, have a great evening. Stay safe. Um, Cover your face if you need to. Everybody do your thing, and we will see you next time. Everybody have a good night. Thanks.